It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to West Indies on 99.94, the home of cricket audio. I'm your host, Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt from the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. And my co-host, Santoki Nagilendran, is with me as ever. West Indies on 99.94 is your home for West Indies content. And we will be right here several times every week discussing them. You can find us in your favourite podcast apps, on YouTube or in your 99.94 app. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. And today we're going to be talking about the 60 Cricket's new power game. Santoki, take it away. Yeah, Mash, we're here to look at the 60, you know, the new the new game started to kind of build up to the Caribbean Premier League. And uh, before you blink, this kind of gone is, was took place, uh, what, four days for the men's competition, five days for the women's. And uh, Chris Gale ultimately lifted the Universe Boss title aptly. Um, so we're here to look at, you know, the ups, the downs, the ramifications for the CPL and poten- potentially if any players um, stood out for perhaps West Indies recalls. Um, a lot of interesting names there in the top scorers list. So where do you want to start, Mash? Let's look at, I guess, the format rules. So obviously caused a lot of controversy with traditionalists because there were some groundbreaking rules being implemented into this format. So um, I guess, do you want to break it down, Mash? Let's start. How, how did this format work? So I'm just going to say it from the jump. So if you're a cricket traditionalist and you're listening to this, I'm going to say right now, within the first three minutes of the show, I fully enjoyed watching the 60. There, there, I said it. I said it right at the beginning. So if that's not your opinion, and if you're somebody who can't possibly handle the fact that somebody might have enjoyed a short format version of the game, because in England, Santoki, we have the traditionalists who rage against the hundred. And we probably have an equivalent set of traditionalists in the Caribbean who will be raging against the 60. But here's my thing, Santoki. The competition was done and dusted inside five days. That includes a women's tournament, albeit three teams, and a men's tournament, including all the six uh, CPL sides. Each game was done essentially within within an hour and a half. There were three or four games a day, so you could pick and choose which game you bothered to watch. You didn't have to watch all of them, and it it wasn't soaking up your entire day <laughs> watching watching the cricket. Um, so I I enjoyed it as a as an entertainment spectacle, which is what it's there for. I enjoyed it. I think if you're somebody who thinks too deeply about it, you would that it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. If you're a purist, it probably wasn't for you. But if you looked at the, I don't want to say long-term, because everyone would be like, there's no long-term benefits. But there are. If you look at the wider uh, connotations of the tournament, there is a financial implication behind the tournament that helps Cricket West Indies. More money into Cricket West Indies equals more money towards West Indies cricket development. So to me, that that's, that's a win-win situation. And is it worth getting getting uh uh to sorry to use the phrase your knickers in a twist over a five day tournament is it really 
is it is it really worth it? But to and I I'll, I'll, I want to hear your views on that, Santoki. But just before you come there um, or address that, just in terms of the rules itself. So the rules were innovative, and so there'll be some people listen to this who possibly didn't catch any of the games. But the main rules were this, Santoki. Um, if you hit two sixes inside the first two overs or the power play, I should say, you unlocked a floating power play, which you could use at any point between overs number three and overs number nine. And it didn't happen in every game because, of course, cricket is a skillful game. It it wasn't just a lick down cricket. Mm. Some teams weren't able to, to unlock the floating power play. Um, the consumers, the customers, the audience, wherever you want to call us, were allowed to about three or four hours before each match vote. And then the, the, the voting was locked off on when a mystery free hit ball would come in the innings. That mystery free hit did not count against the bowlers figures. It didn't add to the batters figures. It just affected the total. So if it's a dot, it's a dot. If it's a one, it's a one and so on and so forth. If you didn't complete your nine overs by an allotted time, I think it was 45 minutes, the umpire brought out a red card and sent a player off. So, <laughs> so Rakeem Cornwall got sent off. <laughs> you could obviously, the, the field inside could nominate who they get sent off. Rakeem Cornwall had to walk off for it when they went, when they went down to, um, when they went down to 10 men uh, in the final over in one of the matches. Um, what other major rule was there? Oh, and obviously there's the, the you bowl 30 balls from one side, 30 balls from the other side, and so on and so forth. So, th- I mean, those were the major rules in, in a nutshell, Santoki. I mean, what's your take? What, what's your take on all of that? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was five days. So you can't, there can't really be an uproar. I mean, if we were to compare it to the 100, I think in England, the 100 is different because obviously it's taken up so much room in the calendar of the English season. Other things like the T20 blast over there have had to kind of move around for it. Whereas the 60 wasn't harming anyone. It kind of took place just before CPL. And I think it was a, it was a substitute for, in IPL, before the IPL starts, teams play like intra-squad practice games. It was essentially like that because what yeah. you were testing out were your was the depth of your roster and your squad. Kind of players who weren't necessarily start for you in the CPL were getting run-outs here to kind of see if they were in form kind of get that match practice. So for me, I think it was a good development or build-up for the CPL. And as you said, I think it was a fun tournament as well for fans in St. Kitts. Five days, the rules were simple to grasp, although on paper they would sound complicated at first. Once you saw it in action, it was simple. It was kind of seamless. So for me, I think it was a harmless tournament. I think um, it was nice to see Chris Gale as well playing it. Obviously, he's not playing in the CPL. And that gave it a distinctive theme. You could see someone who wasn't in CPL take part in this and obviously pay homage to the universe boss. Yeah, 100%. I, I like the use of the word harmless. That's the point. And I think it's in, it's important that people focus on the distinction that Santoki made. The rage against 100 is because of what it does to the English calendar. The 60 isn't doing anything to, to yeah. the calendar in the Caribbean. Um, and I, I saw like a few comments on the on like the Uncle Forum saying this is destroying the players. This isn't helping them develop their cricket. Listen, we're well past that stage. If If a... If a five-day tournament is <laughs> if a five-day tournament is what's destroying West Indies cricket, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I must be confused about all the other structural, structural and endemic problems we have in the region. Because this 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 tournament isn't the one to be raging, raging about. And actually, if I've just built on that other point that you made and talking about um squad depth, 
when the Talawas, uh, so the Talawas were knocked out by who knocked us out? St. Kitts. St. Kitts, St. Kitts knocked out the Talawas in the semis. And uh, Rothman Powell, the Talawas captain, was interviewed um, at the end, but I think probably by Alex Jordan. And um, Rothman said, I really enjoyed this because it allowed us to see who can either, one, push their way into our CPL side, or two, which players we can use in what particular role by the time CPL comes about. So let's take somebody like um, Nicholson Gordon, Santoki. Nicholson Gordon topped the wickets chart. Um, for in fact, in the whole tournament, six wickets um, at an average of 12, an economy of 12, right? Prior to CPL, I would have said to you, no way does Nicholson Gordon play in, in the Talawar CPL side. I don't care if he's in the squad, no way he's getting a game. Or if he gets a game, it's like one or two games. Yeah. Now he's topped the wicket charts in, in 60. Arguably, the Talawars will look at Gordon and go, wait a minute, you could be an effective strike bowler for us in the CPL. And and on a wider scale, I'm not saying he's going to be up for West Indies selection, although you never know. West Indies are looking for strike bowlers. Does that mean that Nicholson Gordon has now played his way into at least people's consciousness? No one's saying that he needs to be picked for a World Cup or anything like that, but it allows the tournament allowed extra profile for players who might not otherwise get it during the course of a CPL where the constraints of points being on the line, you're probably risk averse to bringing people in. Um, you want to go with the tried and trusted. And I'm not saying they were friendlies, but it was it was like the midpoint between friendlies and competitive games. Yeah, no, 100%. And Nicholas Gordon is a good example, someone who kind of put his name in the hat. And also, if you look at like uh, an Amir Jangu, who kind of wouldn't get mm. into the starting eleven. He showed his strike rate, and that was phenomenal in the 60s. So people are throwing their names in the hat, and I think it will build confidence for them going into that side. And also, if you look at the top, ironically, if you look at the top run scorers, the three top run scorers in the tournament, Fabian Allen, Andre Russell, Andre Fletcher, none of them are currently playing for West Indies, which uh, is quite telling for various reasons. But I think it's key, because we mentioned him on a previous episode, Andre Fletcher, kind of how he's mm. been discarded and kind of forgotten from the West Indies setup, despite our need for an opener who can kind of replace Evan Lewis at the moment. So for me, I think Andre Fletcher coming in, striking at 171 strike rate, averaging 43 in the 60. I don't think, obviously, that's enough to get him into the West Indies squad because, as you said, it was a it was a short tournament in a, in a shorter format. But I think that could give him the confidence to go into CPL now and um, for the St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots and kind of put his mark down. And as... um what's his name, uh, Desmond Haynes said in the selectors meeting prior to the last series we had, anyone who does well in CPL is going to get into the West Indies side. So I think for someone like Andre Fletcher, the 60s has been perfect in instilling that confidence, getting him game time and building a platform to succeed in the CPL. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's worth pointing out to everyone listening that if we take the top five run scorers, none of them are in the West Indies T20 side. Now, I'm sure some of you in the comments below, if you're watching this on YouTube, or if you're ratting us um, at Carib Cricket on Twitter or Instagram, um, you might say T10's not the same as T20. But T10 is more similar to T20 than T20 is to ODI Cricket, um, if that makes sense. Now, the top five run scorers were Fabian Allen, Andre Russell, Andre Fletcher, Amir Jangu, Raymond Reefer. None of them are in the West Indies T20 setup. We are not saying that they must automatically come into the West Indies T20 setup. But surely, if you're the head lead selector like Desmond Haynes, it has to at least, surely it makes you 
at least pay attention. Surely it has to. I mean, Santoki and I have already said that we can't afford to go to a T20 World Cup without a Fabian Allen. Obviously, he's not played the whole summer, personal reasons. Can we, his strike rate, Santoki, was 226. Can we really afford... And he's a triple threat, Santoki. Bowling, batting, fielding. Can we really afford to not consider him? You and I spoke two episodes ago about, or f- three or four episodes ago about Dre Russ. Obviously, we know Instagram messages. Dre says he don't want to talk about it. Da, 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 da. But should Dre Russ drop an interview at any point now in the next few days, weeks, and go, I am available for the World Cup? I mean, you, you said, Santoki... You have to forget emotions and feelings. Performance is performance. And yeah. something else, Santoki, that we should say, the captain of the winning side was Evan Lewis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so DJ Bravo flew up, because obviously he had his uh, 100 commitments. Yeah. So DJ Bravo flew in late for the tournament and was basically on the bench for the fi- uh, final and semi-final. Evan Lewis captained the St. Kitts side um, through the through the tournament. Con, um, again, did his usual thing. Great strike rate. I think he was going 190 through the tournament. Um, um, did a really good piece of fielding to run out Andre, uh, Andre Russell in the final. The obvious question is there. People see the excellent fielding. They'll see him performing. They'll see the captaincy and ask, how comes Evan Lewis isn't involved? Yeah. And y- I go back to you, Santoki. You said forget emotions. If he's available, if he's ready, pick the man. What are you saying, Santoki? Yeah, if he's available, if he's ready, we have to pick him. Like you said, he's performed well in this. Performances speak volumes. I think there's obviously going to have to be dialogue between the selectors and Evan Lewis himself. But you also picked up an interesting thing on social media, Mash. Nobody sort of asked him about what's his status with the West Indies. Whether that was the remit, they were told not to kind of cross that line. But it was interesting that no one sort of asked him. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. That because nothing mm. official has been said and he's performing well, but he's not in the West Indies side, and no one's sort of asking, hold on, this doesn't add up. Why aren't you in the West Indies side? So that was disappointing. Maybe in CPL, we might see someone asking the question if he's scoring the runs. But I think, yeah, Evan Lewis, he'll perform in CPL inevitably. He's that kind of player. And then you've got the big question how do we resolve the issue of getting him back into the West Indies side? Because I think, because of what's been said between the selectors and himself publicly, and who knows what's been said privately, I think. There will have to be a dialogue. It's not a simple case of you hit one during the side. Um, there will have to be some sort of conversation. So it'd be interesting to see where that goes. But I think Evan Lewis will have a point to prove. He had a point to prove in the 60. And now with yep. all eyes on him in CPL, he's definitely going to be a man with a, with a chip on his shoulder. And as we've seen with West Indies players, when they do have a chip on the shoulder, boy, the performances come in. This is the thing. This is why, we, in some ways, it's all about having personal beef with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> selectors and West Indies need to beef the whole team before the T20 World Cup and then, and then maybe we might perform but um, just before we uh, pivot to like, the women who we should also talk about as well obviously um, it I, I would just say because with our sh- with, with the shows we do we're, we're, we've, we've stopped being surprised by who listens to our shows. We we know that sometimes these shows get listened to in certain corridors. Um, so if you are listening to this, here is my humble suggestion. Cricket West Indies, arts the St. Kitts fitness team to conduct a fitness test with Evan Lewis and tell him it will, f- f- uh, uh, will be sufficient 
for Cricket West Indies selection. Someone just sit with... Everyone's in St. Kitts right now. Everyone who, who's involved in West Indies cricket is pretty much in St. Kitts right now. Sit with the man and say, come, Evan, just do a little quick 2K. The CPL don't start for, for a few days. Do a quick little 2K just to get over the over and done with and, and you're available. I, I refuse to accept that that cannot happen between now and the T20 World Cup squad section. If that doesn't happen whether it's from Evan's point of view or from Cricket West Indies' point of view, people are biting off their nose to spite, to spite themselves, spite their face, whatever the phrase is. For the, like, there's no need. There's no need at this stage. But, um, Santoki, if we, we pivot to the women's tournament, so let's just say, argument's sake, people say, nah, still don't like the tournament, waste of time, brings nothing to West Indies cricket, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's just say, argument's sake, um, that, that's going to be the argument, right? Yeah. The one thing that I think people can't argue about is the benefit it brings to the women's game in the region. What do you think? A hundred percent. I think you could argue with the men's game, as we've seen and as we discussed on our last episode about FTP. Generally, men are playing a lot more cricket than needs to be to fulfil kind of TV contracts and stuff like that. Whereas in the women's game, particularly in the West Indies, there's not enough games. Unless you're a top player like a Hayley Matthews or a Dotting, where you're getting contracts around the world. If you're a regional women's player... It's a sparse amount of games you're playing. You have to kind of fight to play games. So I think this has been a welcome introduction to have this tournament. Obviously, it's very short, but then now you've also got the inaugural women's CPL coming up. So it's a nice little build-up to develop our T20 game in the region. So I think it was well needed. And I think it felt more important than the men's competition. It felt like mm. it was a bigger competition just because we don't often get to see these players, uh, the ones coming through, the kind of ones ones who won't necessarily make the first team in the CPL or kind of players breaking through. We don't get to see them that much. We see Hayley Matthews play a lot, Dotting play a lot. But these sort of players, we don't get to see it. So it was welcome for me to see it. And I think it will have beneficial de developmental effects on the women's game more so than the men's. So I think it was more apt for the women's side and it was a great tournament. It was very exciting. Obviously, Guyana Amazon Warriors in typical fashion got off to a great start, then crumbled it in both the men's and women's competition. But um, yeah, Mash, what did you kind of make of the women's side of things? Yeah, so you've essentially hit the nail on the head. Um, I've certainly, I think, enjoyed the women's tournament more than the men's, just in so much as the greater meaning to it, yeah. the greater levels of exposure. Now, Let's not try and pretend the top performers in the women's tournament were the top internationals, uh, whether from overseas or in the Caribbean. But I'm not I'm not I'm not upset with that. That's what should be the case. So like in the run scorers, Chloe Tryon, Stefani Taylor. Sorry, this was the top five. Chloe Tryon, Stefani Taylor, Deandra Dottin, Hayley Matthews, uh, Sune Luce. They're the top five. They're all established major international cricketers. I ain't mad at that. The importance was for the tier underneath that. And by that, I mean, even the kind of the players on the fringes of West Indies selection or just underneath the benefit that they get out of it, of sharing the locker room, getting some game time. It's you can't replicate that anywhere else and at a high enough standard to test to test their ability. If you think about. When you and I got Courtney Walsh on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, probably about just before the Women's World Cup last year, one of the things that Courtney said to us was that there's not enough cricket going on um, and that it's hard for him to develop the side without enough regional cricket going on. So it would be interesting. We may well get Courtney on again to comment on it, but you would think that someone like a Courtney Walsh would be like, thank God 
they're getting some extra cricket in, and, and of course they'll have the the uh, the three or four games in the CPL as well to have a women's CPL um, champion as well. So Courtney, I'm sure, would say any cricket is important cricket with regards to the women's game. And with the New Zealand women coming to the Caribbean uh, next month, it's even more important for Courtney to look at who are the next generation of players he can take a gamble on. So I'm going to pick someone like uh, uh, Kishana Joseph, who played for Barbados Royals. She's played for West Indies before, but only like two or three times. Yeah. So it's, and she was, she, she, uh, she was the person who got the key wicket. In fact, two key wickets in the final. Uh, versus TKL, got DeAndra Dottin's wicket. So it's players like that, that extra level of benefit that 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 they get. So um, yeah, I I, w- I was totally stoked for the um, for the benefits it, it it brought to the brought to the women's game. Yeah, likewise, I think, and a good example would be like like Cherry Ann Fraser for Guyana, who's kind of she's played for West Indies sporadically, coming into the side when there's an injury. Whereas she actually performed well in this tournament, and if she performed well in the women's CPL, it's someone you know Courtney Wolf can say, "Hold on, this could be a regular player in the West Indies side." So for me, I think it was also, as you rightly pointed out, the overseas players as well. I think it was great to have them because a lot of our players wouldn't get to play with these caliber of players usually. So for me, it wasn't necessarily oh. The overseas players are leading the run scoring charts, as you said. Um, it wasn't a wasn't a main aspect. The aspect is what they can show these players, kind of setting the example, kind of teach helping them out, teaching them as well. Um, so for me, the benefits of playing with top caliber overseas players is priceless as well. And I think, as you said, Courtney Walsh will be rightly ecstatic about this happening, just to get because otherwise, a lot of our women's players would be sitting around doing nothing at the moment. Um, if there wasn't these tournaments, yeah. so. Whereas the men, you could say they'd be playing in England or around the world and stuff like that. But for most of these women, there there'd be no other alternative option. So this is this is development. Um, and hopefully going forward, we see kind of the CPL extended, more games, more franchises being added, and it becomes a longer tournament just to get players into that form before an international series. So yeah, I think the women's one felt more important, and we'll probably have a longer legacy in developing sort of women's for the West Indies side because we've seen. West Indies at the moment in the women's regional side, it's just, it's pretty much unacceptable the level of games they play and are expected to perform at a high level. So for me, this was a welcome addition and it was it was good to see kind of the players having fun as well. Yeah, 100%. I think um, the final thing before we wrap this up, it's, um, it's worth pointing out that um, I think a couple of interviews were held during the tournament on, this is on TV, and I'll, I'll reference one by both... Um, uh, Pete Russell, COO for CPL, and uh, Ricky Skerritt, um, president of Cricket West Indies, both made this point about the the benefit it brings to the exposure for, for for women's games. But both also made the point about the sixty that what they're envisaging, and I think Chris Watson said this to us when we had him on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. What they're envisaging with the sixty is it's not going to just in the future. Obviously, this is the inaugural tournament, so they'll take whatever lessons they need to take from it. But in future, they're not just seen as the 60 comes before CPL. This could be run at any point in the year. in um, And more importantly, around the Caribbean. So it doesn't have to be the venue where CPL starts. They might want to run a 60 in Grenada. They might want to run a 60 in Dominica. And because it's only five days, there's no... Okay, yes, there's logistics, but it's not like a major operation and organization that they have to undertake. Um to, uh, to 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 get the format um, off the ground, and again, because we know that uh, Cricket West Indies have a bit of a financial stake in it, 
it's yeah. a it's a it's a win-win with regards to a format of cricket. You can't have your cake and eat it, people. You can't both say you don't want to see any short format tournaments because that doesn't help West Indies players develop, and then say West Indies cricket West Indies develop the region, and then you can't tell us where the money's coming from. Like we know we ain't making no money off Test cricket. Last last episode we told you England ain't coming to the Caribbean for the next four years. So <laughs> in Test cricket, so where do you want us to make the money from? Where do you want us to make the money from, people? We we, we got to we got to divest into in, in, into different things. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think that that was very accurate kind of summary of where we're at. But Mash, sixties done. As the famous saying goes, United we stand, divided we fall, but we're ready to fall because CPL is here, is every man for himself. Michelle will probably be supporting the Jamaica Talawas. I'll be hoping Guyana Amazon Warriors finally lift the title, this time on home soil. First time ever the final will be on Guyanese soil. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, the next few episodes after this will be focusing on the Caribbean Premier League. Players to look out for, who's made a mark, kind of where teams are going and deep diving analysis. So guys, stay tuned for that. But Mash... I guess that's all from us today about the 60. Yeah, most definitely, people. And as Antoki said, divided we fall. Um, I note how quiet he's read, he's been. Uh, he mentioned <laughs> it briefly, but it, <laughs> he mentioned it briefly. But it's worth noting again that Guyana Amazon Warriors flopped in both, <laughs> in both the men's 60 and, and the women's 60. But Santoki will come strong again for CFL. <laughs> he, he'll say proudly with his chest that Guyana are going to win CPL. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay quiet on the Talawas chances. But uh, look, look out for episode 11 when we come back uh, reflecting on CPL and what may or may not take place. But uh, Santoki, it's goodbye from me. Yep, and it's goodbye from me. And guys, we'll see you on the other side. Stay locked. Thanks for listening to West Indies on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can also download the 99.94 app from wherever you get your apps. If you'd like to follow us personally, go to at Carib Cricket on Twitter and Instagram. You can also head to www.caribbeancricketpodcast.com where you can find links to everything we do outside of 99.94. If you'd like to follow us personally, you can find Santolki at Santolki89 and Michelle at MashSTPaddy. Remember, if you love cricket, then 99.94 is the home of Cricket Audio. Follow them for podcasts and commentary from the world of cricket. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.